Welcome to Nodes in the Net, a weekly tangential irreverent conversation between two millennial spiritual dilettantes. Nodes in the Net is a Creek Mason podcast and lives at creekmasons.com along with some of my writing about media metaphysics and metamodernism. And hey, uh, I just published a trilogy of poem collections on Amazon, all on the topic of this apocalypse we've found ourselves in since 2020. You can find links to check that out and ways to contact me and my co-host JT at creekmasons.com as well. Follow us on Twitter where we're at Nodes in the Net. Follow the Creek Masons too, that's at Creek Masons. And we're also at Creek Masons on TikTok where I'm posting intro rants and daily tarot readings in the form of cute little rhyming poems. Sign up for one of those. Why not? All right, enjoy this conversation. But first, this. been reading, just started this new book called, what is it? Recapture the Rapture. And it's super rad. It's kind of like this, the author's trying to sort of, I don't know if he's trying to like label this new era, like this post postmodern situation we're in. Um, but the question or the thesis is like, how do we find meaning and come together as a species, as a planet in this fucked up world we find ourselves in? Um, and there's a passage I wanted to read because it reminded me of everything that Jeff and I talk about. Um, and he's talking about defining words, which is a lot of fun if you're into that kind of thing. So let's do that. Bop, bop, bop. Editing some photos so I can read them properly. All right, so Jamie Wheel begins here. If we're going to talk constructively about the end of days, we should probably define our terms. When most of us consider big time scary bad stuff happening in the near or distant future, we often use the words like apocalypse, Armageddon, or rapture interchangeably. But in reality, they're distinct. Understanding those distinctions is an essential first step in developing our eschatological literacy. I'm forgetting what eschatology is, but here we are. Uh, I'm lost now. First in the apocalypse, first the apocalypse. In the ancient Greek, Apocalypsis means the unveiling or revealing. As we're experiencing the collapse in both benign and divine authority the question, and questioning the dictates of both traditional religion and modern liberalism, there are all sorts of hidden truths that are being revealed. Not all are comforting, but they're necessary if we hope to develop an informed capacity to act. Next, Armageddon. That's a contraction of the Hebrew Har Megiddo and refers to the mountain outside the Israeli town of Haifa. There, believers wait for the ultimate showdown between good and evil. Once this battle starts, we're on the road to the final days of judgment. There's no going back for the quick or the dead. <laughs> Lastly, rapture. In its lowercase version, it means intense bliss or fulfillment. In its uppercase version, rapture is a story of impending cataclysm for the many and the joyful redemption of the few. While it began as a religious belief about the end of time, it has morphed into countless mutations since, both sacred and secular. It's not too much of a stretch to suggest that we need very different responses to each of these three terms. 
We should hasten the apocalypse, the unveiling, so that we can see and act more clearly on what is revealed. We should delay Armageddon because after the war to end all wars, it's literally game over at that point. And we should recapture both uppercase and lowercase raptures because solutions that only because solutions that only work for a tiny fraction of us wreak havoc for the rest wreak havoc for the rest and we're going to need to be at our absolute best to pull this off. The first half of this chapter deliberately accelerates our apocalyptic thinking, helping us strip away distortions and misconceptions to see the future as clearly as possible. As we try to guess what the future holds, there are no singular perspectives or conclusions to assert. It's too complicated and rapidly shifting for that. But we can at least adopt the stance that a more considered position is better than a less considered position. Think of what follows as a choose-your-own-adventure Mad Libs for the apocalypse. Mad Max Libs for short. The second half of the chapter seeks to forestall the Armageddon, taking a look at our increasingly volatile culture wars by exploring both the neurochemistry and psychology behind them. At a time when we all need to be rallying together, we've never felt more apart. Understanding the dynamics of unity and dissent is essential if we stand a chance of recapturing the rapture and finding functional outcomes for everyone. Let's do it. So there's like there's two places I want to go okay, right off the cool. bat. Wow, that was fast. From our from our like pre-recorded pre-recording conversation. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, number one, I think optimization is a mm. bad idea. As much as I love Aubrey mm. Marcus, yeah, and like you just like uh, I'm interested in Tim Ferriss now too. Another yeah. like optimization guru. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover uh, there. So. I feel weird about that. And then number two, we've got this like proliferation of masks that we have to wear in modern society. And I think that that's like an interesting topic too. Totally. Where it's like, especially like the example that came up for us was like in the workplace, you kind of have to um, like have a brand that's not necessarily 100% authentic. But that in the workplace uh, you have to have a brand. Yeah, don't you think? Like that's basically what it is. Yeah, like, I, I never thought you, about it like a brand, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a former manager of mine uh, described it that way, where it's basically like you've got uh, you know these qualities, uh, and that's like what defines you as a coworker. Like you're reliable. Or okay, you're yeah, creative, yeah, yeah, or yeah, you're yeah. like a good communicator, or whatever. Like whatever you Fair enough. like consciously yeah. okay. construct. Okay. I just never thought about it like a brand like, before. Yeah, right. I like that. Yeah. I mean, do you like that? I kind of don't. <laughs> it's oh. like well, it's, I don't. Well, it's okay. so consumerist. <laughs> it is, and we live in that kind of world. So it's the same thing with masks. Like I don't like them, but I use them to benefit myself and the business because they're necessary. Yeah, I you just you kind of have to. Yeah. But it's like I think it's I like, I think it I'm would with be you better though, like if you didn't. Yes. Agreed. 
Well, we right? like like we've, have you heard these? Heard what? Oh, sorry. Uh, the studies. Have you heard the studies where it's like uh, they do like psychological evaluations of McDonald's workers or whatever? No. What? And uh, this is new. This is new bro science where, to me. Oh yeah, in positions where you are required to smile all day. Hmm. Uh, like that's part of your customer service is that you have to smile regardless of how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, those people experience depression because of the cognitive dissonance yeah, at absolutely. a much higher rate. Yeah, definitely. And, that tracks with my experience. Yeah, right. So like th- this like subjugation of this subjugation of parts of ourselves is you know potentially causing like mental illness. It could be a major factor in the proliferation of mental illness in the first world. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're, yeah, I think that's right. Um, I've worked customer service jobs for, I guess, what time is it? Like 15 years now. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and there's, uh, it's, I've gotten to the point now where I'm aware and comfortable enough with, aware of and comfortable enough with my emotions that I don't do that kind of stuff. Um, and mm. I have a coworker who's 20 and she never smiles at work because she is a wage slave and that's her understanding of labor and she's not happy. And she also yeah. does customer service and she does a great job, but she doesn't put that face on. And I think that is better for mm. her mental health than when I was 20. I was a jolly motherfucker when I didn't feel that way. And it's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a good place to be mentally because you don't you like you kind of lose track of how you actually feel right like it becomes harder yeah. to, it becomes harder to like check in with yourself and be like this mm-hmm. is where i'm at and then when you're not working you're not smiling all the time like you're not smiling for eight hours a day on your days off i'm not no i don't know anyone that is no. uh i don't think that's natural but you're like you, you're not, not smiling because you're not actually actively phys- physically smiling you feel sadder because you're like there's something there's oh. something there that is just like i'm not happy right now i'm not i can't be like joyous and extroverted i can't be like out there because yeah i don't have a smile on my face so i can't act in yeah. this way right then i'm being asked, so asked like to act in it's while i'm while i'm on the clock right so, it's yeah, like i'm smile totally with withdrawal. you yeah, and and uh, besides withdrawal, it's like you're saying the the ability to like calibrate with what you're actually feeling is just not there, and so you could actually right. be happier, but because you're not expressing that you're happier with your mouth, it doesn't feel like you're happier, or doesn't like mm. you're not putting happy out there. Yeah, right. So like you lose touch with your yeah. inner guidance system. Yeah, I like. Yeah, this is kind of new information to me, but I totally have gone through periods of that. Kind of like fast food, smiley dude, and then not at work. You're just, yeah, you can't like, you can't be that happy for that long a time when you're not faking it because that's not real. Yeah. 
And when you are like in one of these wage slave positions where you're literally trading hours of your life for the minimum that a company is is legally obligated to pay that's you. That's the thing, dude, about like like minimum wage jobs. So, yeah, it's like you you would pay me less if you could. And I know that. Right. If you think right. about it for three seconds, it's like, yeah, right. I'm literally like I'm literally valueless to you, except what you you'll get put in jail if you don't pay me. Yeah this amount and if yeah if you're coming from a scientific materialist perspective and the universe is dead matter and consciousness is an emergent property of the brain and Uh it like blinks out at the moment of death Mm -hmm. which is like that's default reality that's what most people believe yeah materialist atheist yeah yeah, I mean, like God is dead, right? And yeah, and this is the universe that well, we're living in. Well, or like we thought God we... is left, or God doesn't care about us, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the when you're trading hours of your life, and you believe that life is finite and meaningless, and like or or not purposive, you know. Hmm. Uh, then it's like those those hours are like fucking fifteen dollars for an hour, and I get like what like I don't know a, a couple hundred thousand hours or whatever, and four th- and I'm 40, gonna 000. trade it for is it forty thousand? Yeah, some uh, I think that's right. No, it's sorry, it's four thousand weeks. I fucked up. Oh yeah. So okay. So there's like there's lots of hours, but I'm gonna spend a third of them asleep, and I'm probably gonna spend a third of them at work, and yeah, prob- yeah. That that's painful. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. A, okay. We get we get uh, like just I just I just was playing Young Jamie for a second, and I googled that. Uh, we get sixty six sixty nine six hundred ninety two thousand hours on average. Excuse me. Six yeah. hundred ninety-two thousand hours, and a third of that, yeah, gotcha. is working, basically. Right, or school, or whatever you know. Well, school is work. It's this like that's the same process. Right. That's yeah. that's school having to go to a place. It's having to go to a place that you didn't want to go because society tells you have to do that. It's the same shit. Yeah. School is just, uh, I mean, like even, even the, the bells that they have are supposed to get people used to, uh, yeah. the factory bell ringing, you know, uh, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. it's all, it's all just a way to train you to sit still and put on a fucking mask. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then there's kids who either, you know, neurochemically or physiologically like they can't mask properly to fit into the system and then they have you have to go to special ed or you get held back or you have to drop out like then what let's draw some tarot cool what do we want to talk about today oh i got death again yes death again that's like what is that? How how recently did we get death? That was last. That was last time. That was earlier this week. Was it? Or maybe like no? That was no. Uh, it was justice. Death was two weeks ago. Yeah, justice was earlier. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. By the way, justice like totally came up in the rest of my day. Oh it, yeah. I was. Oh yeah. Tell me. I like it was. It was some like 
uh, spicy gossip that I probably shouldn't repeat on a podcast. Yeah, uh, fair, fair but, enough. Uh, but it was wild because I I remember you saying like doing it at the end. Uh, you start looking for yeah. examples of that uh, throughout the day, and I absolutely was able to find them. I, I like I would love to find out whether anyone who listens to this has like similar synchronicities. Yeah. Because, uh, like, you know, like we've said a million times, podcasts are synchronicity factories. So, oh, definitely. I, when, yeah, absolutely. I notice that when I'm listening to, especially podcasts that I've been listening to for years. Mm hmm. Yeah. It, uh, it's really easy sometimes to just like, if I see something and I think of the DTFH and I put it on, like an hour in after listening to it, a word will pop up and then like that thing will appear or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's like, I mean, it's like we're, uh, you know, we're swimming in the same stream, the same stream yeah. of consciousness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like this fucking concept that's been on my head a lot lately, been in my mind a lot lately is uh, morphic resonance. Hmm. And I think that I can actually relate this to the death card because like death is endings, change, transformation, transition, and uh, particularly like change and transformation and, and transition. If, if uh, I ramble long enough, I could tie that into, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I don't, I don't need to go that far, but like, just change and transit transformation that uh, book that I just finished by Charles Eisenstein. Uh, he's talking about um, the, the scientists. It's like an example that I think where the concept of morphic resonance was hmm. uh, conceived or, or coined or whatever. Yeah. And like scientists would, um, uh, be trying to create crystals out of certain elements and they'd be trying all these different things and they couldn't figure it out. And then eventually a scientist in one part of the world would do it successfully. And it was like, it became easier for the crystal because it had like, as a essential, mm. you know, metaphysical, uh, you know, like concept, yeah. the concept of crystals suddenly existed for this element and so all over the world suddenly it was much easier for scientists to Mm. uh to create crystals even like without you know it's not a technique thing that's being shared it's just like the it's suddenly happening even though they're doing the same things they were doing wow and there's like theories that like you know maybe a scientist came in and he had some crystal shards on his beard and that seeded the crystal in mm. <laughs> you know the laboratory but like uh who's to say that's not part of the like the impossibly complex causal chain that comprises morphic mm. resonance so uh so to like bring it to change and transformation that's like the same way that a, an inert, you know, element is transforming into a crystal, uh, I think that, like me personally and society in an as above, so below kind of way, mm. are like alchemizing together into this like 
more loving, less masked, more authentic and like pro-social um, awesomeness. And like that's oh, yeah. that's that's super on my mind lately. Hmm. The yes. more beautiful world our hearts know is possible. We're yeah. we're morphically yeah. resonating our way into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That reminds me. There's like I don't know. There's a lot there uh, that I wanted to comment on, but the last bit <clears throat> reminds me. I was I was walking down the street today, and there was one of those like people on the corner of a busy street like hey do you have a minute for the animals or like whatever they say um right and she said something about saving the world and the morphic resonance comment just makes me think that i am hoping that there's enough of us out there that know that we're fucking up and that's one part of it and then the other part of it is does the world need to be saved or do like we need to leave <laughs> uh, oh shit that's that's dark there's the end it is kind of dark but card. like who who what 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 species on the planet uh is causing the world to need to be saved and who do we need to save it from right and who do we need to save it for yeah Yes. From what yeah. perspective is it dark? It's only only from It's only my dark if you value human life over the entire community of species and the ecosystem itself. Then it's yeah, dark. That's potentially the only uh, the only wellspring of if, life that if exists. If you want life, if you want life to flourish, you know? yeah, dude. <laughs> it's dark. Maybe it is dark, but if you want life to flourish on the planet uh, and you can get rid of one species, like which species do we get rid of? The beavers, for sure. For sure, <laughs> definitely bees. <laughs> it would be it would be bees for me. Yeah, their their hives <laughs> and their sticky fucking delicious honey. It needs to go. Yeah, no one needs that. Kick yeah. them out. Yeah, <laughs> I I feel like uh, that's probably the position of people like high up at Monsanto. Like, oh wow, can we? How fast can we destroy civilization? Is that it? Is oh have my you heard god! Of accelerationism? Oh my god! That is accelerationism at its finest. Yes, totally. And that is the death card. That is yeah. getting. It's getting rid. It's getting rid of was not needed. It's getting rid of what is fucking up the system. Is what fucking up the the community. Yeah. Maybe Monsanto. Morphic- maybe Monsanto is the angel of death, and they actually are. Maybe they're the good guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. I feel bad that I said that even, but there is like there's a universe where that's true. Cuz like we we just need to leave. We we just need to we just need to abort. Oh yeah. We need to be I aborted. I see what you're saying. It's uh, it you could make the argument, wow. This is like we've really radicalized each other if we're talking oh, yeah. about like Oh, we're we're insane. Like I've never thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, but we like, have we have we're insane in a way that I think is like uh, dogmatically like or like part of the dogma for evangelicals like this. Yes. Accelerationist. And we're, we're, like, we're pro-life. On we're, the pro-life in the, we're pro-life in, in an extreme way. 
Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're radically pro-life in the sense that we should wipe off our own species because that would be pro-life. <laughs> that's my, yeah, that's my evangelicalism. You don't have to go there. You know, you don't have to go there with me. I'm, I'm, I'm there, I guess. I've just convinced myself. Uh, but I'm a, I'm a fucking, I'm a fucking, I'm a fucking ride or die pro-lifer, bitch. I'm going for it. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to sell that shit. I'm going to put that on a sign, yeah. stand on the corner. And I apologize for my uh, xenophobic southern accent, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. I guess it is xenophobic if, if you're not in the south, isn't it? Yeah. I'm definitely, like, I mean, this isn't the right terminology, but I'm definitely racist towards southerners. Like, right. Or xenophobic. Yeah, xenophobic. Yeah. Xenophobic is They're just aliens. like... They are aliens. They don't. They, I don't like when they're in my community, except as visitors. <laughs> like when when Southerners move when Southerners move up here, like they suck. But Southerners visiting are great. They're great. They're yeah. polite. They're nice. They're they're like wow, this wild culture. You guys are so weird. It's like yeah, we are weird. You can go back home now. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> hey, sorry. JT firing shots. I'm gonna have to like morphically resonate you into uh, love for all beings, including humans. I'm so high. Yeah, please, please help me love humans. Help you love humans? Uh, yeah, dude. There, you feeling it? <clears throat> Can I extend? Mr. So, Krabs? so all beings includes the planet and all the other animals, right? Yeah. So it might be a loving move to get out of here. So that's like a utilitarian, though. Well, maybe maybe it's utilitarian, but maybe it's uh maybe it's uh what's the trans tech transhumanist? Uh, we we just go to we go to Mars and like we make our own weird shitty plastic world on Mars and we let Earth do the biological analog thing and we do the digital thing over there and then you know we can have our different yeah different ways of going through shit. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, like, which path do you want? It, you have the option right now. It's the choices totally. are laid out in front of you. I think Those are, that's what I want. Like, that's what I want. There's I want. I want, like I want people paths. who are into tech and digital shit to go to Mars, and like we can still access yeah. that if we want. But we do all the we do all the Earth things, and we do the biological things here, and they do the plastic and the silicon and the digital shit over there. Like that sounds cool. Then, like, then if you want to go visit, if you want to go to Marsland, like you can fucking go. Yeah. Yeah. I think, what do you want? What so do you want for us? I'm, I, I see four paths. And one of them is like the transhuman immortals who are going to live on Mars and be like literal gods of war because that's what Mars is. And, hmm. uh, you know, they'll probably like sell spears or whatever to those of us left on Earth who've adapted to the yeah. apocalypse yeah. and become, you know, like more in touch with nature. I'm a, I'm a primordial and, one of them. Yeah. Selling yeah, the darkness. Like, anarcho-primitivist sort of yeah you know like we adapt to the collapsing ecosystem and Mm. uh sort of live more in tune with all beings Mm. you know like that's a that's path number two and then path number three is clinging so desperately to the collapsing capitalism to like late stage capitalism is going to save us neoliberalism is yeah. going to save us somehow or like fucking authoritarian governments are going to save us somehow some aspect of mm. the current configuration of society can 
be the nanny that saves the day. It's not going to happen. And those people are, are, are going to have like the Mad Max experience of like, you know, the horrible things that I don't want to participate in. I'm going to be the nature hippie on the commune that like, you know, barters with the warlords or whatever and, and tries to maintain peace through love. And then path number four is to set up a bunker in somewhere like New Zealand or whatever, these like preppers. I think, uh, I think I read, I think I read that in, uh, Sweden maybe, or Finland, they have enough bunker space for 300% of the population. That's like, that's going to be, that's a branch of humanity that is going to like cleave itself off of the main tree. I think if we're talking about like endings and transformation and transition, like, and reverse the card has to do with resistance to change, which like kind of encompasses that, like, you know, clinging to, you know, what you know as normal. I don't think that that's going to be possible anymore. Like, if you're if you can't live without hot showers, like, you know, you're in for a rough time, you know? And I think that like my only my only hope or the only hope that I have to alleviate the pain of those people, which is like my primary purpose for being alive is to like uh eliminate suffering and increase joy and love. And the the only way that I can see to do it is to like become a being of pure light that just like, you know, helps other people turn into crystals and, and become equanimous in whatever chaos is presented to them. Yeah, absolutely. That reminds me, my therapist today said, I don't know what exactly we we're talking about. It doesn't matter. And it's probably too personal <laughs> to share on here. Um, <laughs> But but we were talking about something and he was saying that I asked him like where we where we should go from a certain point. I was like, which which route do you yeah. think we should take? Um, and he said, you know, my uh, my orientation is what causes the least suffering. And that's for you. And that's for me. And that's for anyone that you mm-hmm. might interact with. If, if there's suffering involved, like that's the number one thing that I want to mitigate. Yeah. Um, and that is like a base sort of grounding yeah. value feels so like obviously like simply good. If, if your first consideration is, yeah. is this going to cause any suffering? Just to ask that question. Like that doesn't mean that you won't cause suffering. It doesn't mean that you won't make a decision where you know suffering will happen. But just to ask, like, hey, we like, let's check in with like any possible ramifications, and is there suffering involved? Yeah, can we mitigate that suffering? Just keep taking the non-suffering. Can we? Choice. Yeah, chipping it off. You know? Yeah, taking the li- taking the less taking the less suffer- taking the choice that involves yeah. less general suffering. And you you can't like I mean part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, that Charles Eisenstein identifies in the better world our hearts know as possible is uh, that we like try to metric everything. Like we try to turn everything into numbers. Yeah. And yeah, that's his problem with science. Yeah. Like, last time I heard him on a but podcast. That, like that extends yeah. to suffering. 
Like, you know, if you're talking about like making choices and knowing that they're good by the outcome of less suffering, like, I don't know, like maybe that's, maybe that's a narrative of separation too, where it's like, maybe whatever's best for you or whatever feels right to you or whatever you're inspired to do. It, when you like really strip away yeah. all of the, like all of the, mm. um, the de- deprivation, Just, you know, because like you only, you only yeah. develop a porn addiction if you're deprived of connection. Right. And you only, you only, um, mm. you know, follow. Yeah, exactly. Or you only follow your pleasure to the point of addiction or problem when you're deprived of something essential. And so if we just like, my personal mission, I don't, whoever does it or whatever, that's not for me to decide or even uh, encourage. But my personal mission is to Mm. um, like, just get right with myself enough that like instead of measuring like cause mm. and effect through the endless chaotic chain that's like you know impossible yeah. and especially you know there's like findings in quantum physics that mm. like causality doesn't operate at the most fundamental level of the universe so like you can never measure the chaos of of what? causality because there's too many factors in the first place and then Beyond that, there's like this whole quantum level that's based that. in random chance or that kind of yeah, yeah, that kind of reminds me of like the brain trying to understand itself right. is never gonna happen. It's too yeah. big it's too small, it's too big. Or or the human race trying to understand the universe. Right. No fucking yeah, we way. We could we can create a model. That's what science does. We can create a model of the universe that like functions well yeah. enough that we can build airplanes yeah. because we understand certain laws well but enough. But you're always yeah. Yeah, but you're always going to have those tiny little cracks where it's like something weird's going on over here. Yeah. And it's different than all the other models that we've that we've created and it's different than all the other matter that we've observed. Right. Like what the fuck? And that will keep happening. That goes on and on for science, which I think is kind of exciting. Like, if you're yeah. a scientist, you're always going to have stuff to look at. And it's always going to be fun and intriguing and interesting. As long as, like, the bigger project isn't to rule the universe, which I think in our culture, like, that's kind of the... That yeah. seems like the end goal. But if the end goal is just, like, let's understand as much as we can and, like... Let's find cool <laughs> shit and show it to each other. Like, that's fucking rad. Let's be David Attenborough. Ooh, Let's be Steve yeah. Irwin. Like, yes. Yeah. David Attenborough would, you know, like, we're not, we're not trying to be. Sorry. Uh, Go ahead. I was just going to make a throwaway comment. David Attenborough would be a great captain of the Enterprise, you know, in like the Star Trek universe. Oh, God. Facts. Yes. Because he'd just be an explorer. Like, literally, like, literally you don't want to be a, you don't want to be a conquistador. You want to be a Charles Darwin. You don't want to be a fucking. Uh, people who I forgot their name because they're so malicious well, that I Columbus. don't even want to think about them. Whatever their names are. Yeah. Columbus. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah. So David Attenborough would be a great captain because he would always be concerned with the health and safety of the crew first. And the second would be yeah. the exploration of the universe that like, that's all he wants to do. He wants to just like, he wants to show 
other people cool cool shit that he's seen that he's that blows his mind and it's like animals are wild check it out like that's all he does that's great that's beautiful he's not like oh this pristine habitat i wonder like how much we could take from it and then eat and then like put in a box that would spoil and then like ruin the lives of all the animals in this area that'd be sick <laughs> like no. <laughs> yeah. That 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 to me that just feels like the science of today. And the and science what science I think wants to be is just gathering information. Hundred percent. Gathering knowledge. I gotta pee. Cool. Kids are so unself-conscious in the best way like they they like before you learn how you're supposed to be it's i think that's like the most beautiful mm. expression of being human. that's a great tie-in to everything we've been you talking know, about they're they're so they're yeah, like so uncivilized because they're just being like they're being so real yeah yeah i think yeah so maybe it's a little bit nostalgic too because yeah. I, I like I long for that. I've like, I've, I've like, I've like gathered all this armor and like all these masks, yeah. masks, huh? Uh, and uh, all, all of the, all the stuff I've been taught about how to behave right. and like how to be a person is all, is all made up, is all like invented by the culture. And then you look at kids and you look at repeated examples, like they have Instagram reels on this channel. So that like, I go through their Instagram <laughs> reels sometimes and it's like, repeated examples of of kids just answering questions about like it's like he's asking pretty big questions yeah. potentially and they're they're just like he's like what would you do if you had a million dollars it's like i would buy a shark <laughs> and like <laughs> like shit like that that's like an adult would not say that like an adult would be like you know, make the responsible decision. Like, go get a four hundred one k. Work two days a week. Like this, this, like raw, unadulterated person is just like expressing themselves yeah. so freely, and that I feels superhuman. It, it is. Uh, it's yeah. the it's it the fundamental humanity that we all possess and that's driven out of us by a, a culture that believes that our yeah. nature is evil, you know, like, like regardless of yeah. whether we're Christian yes. anymore, we still believe in original sin uh, in the sense that like, Oh yeah. That's all. That's, that's way earlier yeah. than Christianity. Well, it's dude. like, that's all, all of the, all of the whites believe that yeah. for some reason. It is, it's weird, isn't it? Like, why do we, why do we believe that nature was red and tooth and claw or that life before society was nasty, brutish and short? That's a really good question. It's uh, a good question. The theory of like the, the. I, I can't um, answer that. Red and tooth and claw is the worst. There's so of much time, cooperation and. And like altruism it's, in nature. Oh, even between even between species, like across the across the hierarchy of like predation. Yeah, there's still cooperation happening. That like destroys any of this. Like nature is a competition shit. Can you do it's you not. have like an example handy? 
Oh, okay. uh, that's okay. Not off the top of my head. No. I, I'll get one. Pull that up, I can, I'll do that as homework if you want. <laughs> I know I, I've heard of them. They're... <laughs> <laughs> I I know there are examples. Awesome. I'll bring you at least two. Maybe you next can week. put them in the intro. I promise that. Would that. Be cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. But that like, cool. I mean, regardless, uh, I think that like the concept that I am finding myself. Okay. Uh, sorry. Oh, perfect. I, I, one example just came to mind. Uh, Sub-Saharan Africa is like right now. It's like pretty much desert mostly with like some scarce like trees and there's these little or large like pools or lakes or whatever where all the animals go to get water um if you have a like apex predator like a a cat yeah like a lion or tiger whatever um i don't know if there's tigers but lions for sure um if they're hungry like they will attack everything and anything in the vicinity and whatever is the weakest weakest individual of that entire group will get taken down and will get eaten for lunch and then this lion's full and it's then in the same space as all of the sort of quote unquote lower animals right. they're like on lower the on the pole. um on the food chain yeah thank you and Like, they'll go back to just hanging out, grazing, drinking water. Because if the apex predator has been fed, no one's in danger. Like, all of those those animals can just hang out. And they do. Like, they do. You can look this up. Like, you can see lions hanging out with gazelles because the lion's been fed. And there's this, like, there's this, you know... 40 second to like 20 minute period where they're in intense competition and then someone dies and death is a regular thing that happens in the animal world yep in the world that we live in and then the predator gets fed and then everyone's okay once a predator dies then the lowest on the totem pole absorb that predator and turn them into nutrients for the next like for the plants or for the mushrooms or for the dirt um yeah. yeah, and it moves on up the chain, and so like you can have and it, like that's kind of the rule of nature. You can and you do have a system of like something dies, whether that's by attack, whether that's by like maybe you look at it as competition. Something dies, something above it, quote unquote, above in the food chain eats it, and then the food chain is stable, and then something gets hungry somewhere in there and it eats something below it. Yeah. And then the food chain stabilizes again. And we don't live in that. We don't, we don't, we don't subscribe right. to that. And that's why we're yeah, fucked. Yeah, I mean, contrast that with us. We're like, <laughs> that's, thanks, for, thanks for coming to my TED talk. I just like, I, <laughs> I, I think we can like totally close on this idea. I just want to add like one little uh, bit of perspective to it. Yeah. Where you contrast that with the, totally. the way that civilization Please. operates and has always operated as far as we know. Where we oh, uh, yes. we hunt yeah. until everything is dead, you know. Mm-hmm. And we yep. hunt to store. Right. We don't hunt to. We eat. hunt. We hunt right. to put in order you in to a box. geometrically increase our population. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which doesn't it doesn't serve fucking anything. Work. 
Infinite it growth serve can't anything. continue forever. It's a finite planet, you know. Yeah, there's it's a, a finite, finite number of mammoths. A, it doesn't <laughs> seem that complicated. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly, dog. It doesn't seem that complicated. It's like we we are living in a way that says growth every quarter and every year is how to survive. But then, where can we grow to? Like, yeah. where are we trying and to like, go with that? Yeah, like you said, infinite growth isn't, it's impossible to sustain that. It, it's, you can't yeah. do infinite growth. It's like the growth. emperor is not wearing clothes, dude. I'm fucking hated about like, this. The, it's <laughs> yeah. so apparent, and yet it's like, uh, I don't know if it's taboo to talk about, or if it just doesn't come up or like i don't know it's like uh, yeah i don't know it's so deeply taboo that like no one mentions that the emperor's wearing no clothes mm. yeah i don't yeah i don't know whether it's taboo or whether it's just like it's so accepted that it doesn't have to be taboo that like we just know that we can expand into forever we don't we yeah. don't even have to like make it taboo well maybe that's what they'll do know. when they go to mars i well, don't know I, <laughs> I hope they build a black hole on Mars and can figure out how to do the infinite reality machine um, because we seemingly haven't yeah. been able to do that. I, I'm sure Earth. that being on Mars will yeah. be the thing that unlocks it. <laughs> Once they... Oh, yeah. That will, that will, that will, uh, that will yeah, unlock the key exactly. to human consciousness. Once we're that far from the sun, the difference yeah. in gravity will definitely... Uh, uh, and, and, and like Elon's systems right. of governance will definitely help us to be the ultimate in the Macho Bro Chad Alpha series of human. Yeah, uh, we'll be optimized we'll, we'll, we'll for be sure. Yeah. That's where history ends. Uh, and then we can then we can go on and do Star Trek. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, who... And honestly, I d honestly though I'm like talking shit about Elon, but I do hope we do Star Trek. That would be at that an point. acceptable I really do. Uh, result of the turbulent death that we are currently experiencing. Uh, yeah, good point. Because good point. Because like we could just be working on uh, cleaning up our own room rather than running away from it and going to Mars. But hey. <laughs> if you're a billionaire, you're a billionaire. Billionaire's got a billionaire. Right? True. I wish I was one because I want to see what that's like. Uh, me too, dude. <laughs> I, I got to, yeah, I got to get going. Uh, anyway. Uh, I got to make that Skrilla. Yeah, sorry. I gotta stack those we're going, bills. We're going a little over today. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Go stack some paper, All fam. Right. I'll talk to you later. I love you. All right, dude. Bye. Love you. Peace. Bye-bye.